welcome to a Tuesday episode of the NioFiver Roundup. Uh, my name is Roland Tanner. I am Joel McLeod. And uh, uh, guess what? A couple of big kind of development-related development uh, stories. Um, development as on developments. Yeah, development on developments. That's right. As is so often the case in our region, really big stories are, are often about development. And, well, the first one is the, the, uh, the next step in the Hamilton uh, City Council voted against boundary expansion and to concentrate on intensification, which is, you know, what we've been doing, what governments have been encouraging now for a couple of decades. And uh, the, well, MPP Donna Skelly from Hamilton West Ancaster Dundas, I think, had comments on that, Joel, uh, what, 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 what? Yeah, she, she, she doesn't like Hamilton, Hamilton City Council's decision, uh, basically. Uh, she, I mean, if, if your listeners will remember back uh, a few, it seems like a lifetime ago, but it really wasn't. It was only a few weeks ago. Uh, Hamilton City Council, after much debate uh, in the city, it caused a lot of uh, harsh feelings on either side of the argument um, over whether or not to expand the urban boundary into the, uh, the white belt part of land that surrounds uh, uh, Hamilton up on the mountain. And uh, long story short, the Hamilton City Council listened to uh, a grass, some grassroots people who were against it. And they said, yeah, we're going to keep, uh, keep the boundary where it is. And we will focus on more intensification in terms of development. Everybody said, great, wonderful, hurrah. And they thought that was that. Except MPP Donna Skelly didn't like that. The, uh, the Ontario uh, PC government does not like that. Uh, housing Minister of Municipal Affairs and Housing, Steve Clark, says he doesn't like that. And basically, this comes down to they're looking to just say, we're going to overturn that decision, um, which has huge ramifications, I think, uh, for provincial municipal relations uh, on, the, on the broader end. And two, it says, I, I think it, it sends a message like city councils really don't matter to this government. Um, Local democracy does not matter to these people. And by these people, I mean the Ontario PC party. Um, this is this is a blat- this is just blatantly saying, no, we, we're, we're getting our way or the highway and we'll we'll burn every bridge we have with the municipalities. So this ties into, and we'll come onto this in more detail in the kind of second part of the episode, but the, the announced Bill 109, More Homes for Everyone Act uh, that has come out of the Housing Affordability Task Force. Part of that, and basically what the, what the province has now done, uh, highly likely as, as a result of Hamilton's vote and also Halton's vote to not expand boundaries, um, is to put is to make a change in the act that allows the minister on looking at an official plan review or uh, update from a municipality to put a pause on the ministry's um, consideration of it and simply throw it to the Ontario Land Tribunal, which is the former LPAT, which is the former OMB. Uh, uh, so basically, you know, they've now added the ability to uh, review and overturn municipal decisions. Well, that's, on that. the, that's that's what the that's what the they're now advocating. They've they've trumped up. They're sending in their only conservative MPP, Donna Skelly, into Hamilton to say, "You all made a bad decision. You need to listen to what Daddy Ford wants to do and do it." And it it what what strikes me. I'll get into the the, the developer relationship with our this government in the second half, but. What gets me is the the just the sheer 
throw it back in the face of Hamiltonians. And I think it's I think this government just hates Hamilton, I'll be honest. <laughs> the, the, this government this this government did not will never vote conservative. Uh maybe the the periphery, you know, the, Ni- the Niagara region will vote conservative. Maybe Ancaster will swing between them. But other than that, like Hamilton City proper is never going to vote conservative. And I think that some reason that just they just hate it. So this well screw it. We're going to just plow over this region and undo the the goodwill. It, it, I'm sure they'll do the same with with Halton, though. To be honest, I mean, if they yeah. want boundary expansion because they just they want nothing to stand in the way of development. Insofar as this government has any has pursued any kind of agenda, because mostly it's been like you know a buck of beer and and license plates and you know just nonsense. In terms of actual radical policy agendas that have been pursued consistently and actually achieved anything, it has been get everything out of the way of the developers, let the developers do what they want to do. Now, the you know we're at the point now, and, and this is not entirely new under the PCs. This was the case under the Liberals too. It would be the case under the NDP. It's not, to an extent, it's not a partisan thing. The powers of our municipalities are constantly being eroded. Now, it's local democracy. We vote for things. Uh, this vote in Hamilton is one of the most democratically inspired, you know, properly publicly considered democratic decisions that Hamilton Council's probably ever made because we know there are a bunch of councillors who are not who probably would have in other years and other times voted for expansion who have been feeling the pressure of the election, feeling the the pressure of a of a very well organized public campaign and who voted accordingly. That's democracy. You don't get to then second guess that democracy. It's like, okay, we're going to change the law to overrule what the what the municipality and what the public have 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 brought about. It's so infuriating. And it, the irony here is that you know, when we were talking about the well, first of all, you and I had called it completely with this with the um, uh, with, with the affordable housing task force that what they would mm-hmm. adopt and what they would ignore and they ignored the big one and they adopted all the garbage um uh, and then the other the other sort of <laughs> side of this is now whenever we talk about uh, intensification and missing middle housing things like this we get into this kind of battle this nimby versus yimby thing which drives me up the wall because it's like you know what, whether you're a NIMBY or a YIMBY, you need to start finding common cause with each other because you've got the same problem, which is when, you know, if the public says we want high rises in our downtown, or if the public says we don't want high rises in our downtown, it doesn't matter because the province is going to make the decision, not the damn municipality, what, uh, what which gets, is democracy what, being absolutely thrown in the garbage. What gets me about this whole like, a, a Don Skelly just strikes me not as a leader of Hamilton, but as a scapegoat, as a lapdog for uh, for Doug Ford and the in the PC party. But what gets me is that this she should be going back to her party, advocating for the city of Hamilton's decision because the the, the plan wasn't the stops for all Hamilton, this grassroots organization wasn't anti development. It was just. Anti-expansion into the white belt. You and I had uh, uh, Nancy Herson uh, from the organization to discuss what what were they advocating, and the fact was there was lots of spaces downtown Hamilton that are ripe for redevelopment, for repurposing, for housing. Uh, uh, you know, how, buildings that are in decay that could use 
you know, spruce up reinvestment of money, re- redesign it into condos, townhomes, whatever, whatever the case may be. The the city of Hamilton is poised for this mixed density intensification project that the Ford government seemed to want to tiptoe around and kind of engage in. And they could have said, no, we're going to use Hamilton to to show this is how we're going to do it. See, we're going to keep the the flavor of of Hamilton. We're going to preserve the the nature of the buildings uh, and and provide housing for people who need it at an affordable rate. Great. Wonderful. That would be great. Put tons of stuff on the market, bring down price. That's what what Donna Skelly should have been advocating in in caucus. Instead, she decided to uh, basically – take away her backbone and just do whatever the party said. And the party does not care about the challenges that are, that are with housing. I really don't. I, I think this shows, and we'll get, we'll get, we'll get into this later, later on in the, in the episode, but there are challenges to this and building more housing is more than just saying, Oh, we need to build like it, you really, you need to rethink how are we going to do this? And that's the problem here is that this doesn't show this is the challenge. We're going to tackle it. We're gonna we're gonna develop new styles of housing to accommodate this challenge that we have. Instead, it's let's just build into the white belt. That's the easiest thing we can do, right? Let's just build another subdivision. Let's just build another strip mall. Let's just build another whatever into this pr- this prime agricultural land. And we say, well, this, isn't this just how we got here in the in the first place? Isn't this how we got into this problem in the past? Is that we just built and we just paved over paradise, put up a parking lot. Joni Mitchell, don't sue me. That's like ultimately we're just we, we're this government isn't trying to solve the problems. Just let's just kick the pro, let's kick the can down the road. And that's and I'm going to bring in the politics back. Donna Skelly should have either she's not bright enough to realize this is the this is what we should do. It's let's just go for the let's just go for the easiest. Well, I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, she's been sent in. I mean, let's let's face it, she's been sent in. She's been told to make an announcement. Um, she's been. Uh, as the closest thing to a Hamilton MPP, um, she's. I said uh, she was Hamilton West Ancaster Dundas. She's not actually. She's uh, Flamborough Glanbrook. Uh, she, she. The reason I thought that is because she she ran against Ted McMeekin in the former riding, which was. Uh, oh, I can't remember what it was called, but uh, Ancaster blah blah blah. Um, but yeah, she's actually MP for Flamborough Glanbrook, which is a complete, almost a completely rural riding that surrounds Hamilton, and mm-hmm. obviously is included in the single tier uh, municipality um but it's not you know the the, the well i mean it, it could affect her her uh, it could very well affect her electability on the basis that she's basically voting or basically calling for her own rural parts of her riding to be built on because that's where the white belt is um but you know it, it's insulting it's insulting um but yeah, there we are. I mean, it's, it, and the thing is that, that you know, the, the the province is not saying white belt or downtown. It's saying white belt and downtown, uh, and basically that that's just you know the the previous uh, provincial government, you know, turned the emphasis away from sprawl towards intensification, which was the right thing to do. It was absolutely the right thing to do, uh, with the places to grow act back in what was it two thousand and six something like that. Um, and that's been the basis of policy ever since. And all the province is doing now is is just loose, you know, kind of releasing the uh, the brake on the sprawl part of things that, that the liberals put on to just let it go. If there's white space, build on it. Um, and, and 
you know, it's, it's so counterproductive. And ultimately, the, the biggest thing of all is is we've we got to stop treating municipal, local democracy as something that's disposable and optional. It's essential. Now, we, we spend a lot of our time on this podcast complaining about councillors. Well, you know what? Part of the reason you get crappy, awful councillors is because it's such a crummy job. It's meant to be about planning and vision for the municipality. In every city, that planning and vision aspect of the job is a nonsense because whatever they do gets trashed at every turn, You know, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent. And councils vary because, again, that's democracy. In no other walk of life do we, do we say we have an elected, a democratically elected government that's doing something and we're just going to ignore that and, and overthrow them. We call those coup d'etats, you know. Uh, but somehow in municipal government, it's like, well, we don't, you know, they're just doing what the public want them to do. How dare they? Therefore, we're going to overturn that. It's like, no, that's democracy. You don't get to overturn it. Um, and well, the, here's the here's problem, Roland. Municipalities are not, they, they are not actual constitutionally protected entities. They have no clear division of power. They're, they're an agency of the province. And that's... Ultimately, how I mean that's how this government is treating you. Like they're like you're a department of the province. Do what we tell you to do, and stop getting uppity. Um, it, it really needs to, and yeah, it's a huge, it's a huge problem. Uh, it, and there's it's a problem with no solution because it is built right into the constitution by the founding fathers of the nation in the very in, in the British North America Act or whichever one it was in 1867. Testing my Canadian yep. history here. <laughs> Glad I got that one right. Um, yeah, the the, the um, municipalities are creatures of the province. They are, you know, basically Hamilton City Hall is basically just uh, an offshoot, uh, a sub department within the min- Ministry of, of Municipal Affairs. Uh, and yeah, that's absolutely right. And that is a massive fundamental problem with the way our system works. Uh, and then added to that is the weak mayor system where, um, you know, Again, which, which which fits into that kind of way of looking at things that the, the the people who work at the city hall they're basically civil servants working for them for the for the department of Municip- for the uh, ministry of municipal affairs, uh, and the councillors are just kind of like a a board of trustees, um, just like the police services board or just like uh, uh, school trustees, um, and have very limited power. Um, you know, it's it's a facade of local democracy. It's not local democracy. And I think for many years it was allowed to act more like local democracy, genuine local democracy. But as things, as the uh, uh, regions grow and become more populous, and as the decisions that they're making become here, more important, but here's the problem: is that we've said this. The 905 is one of the most important regions in the province and the country. This is why we have so many people living here. Municipalities are becoming more powerful because. The, the population, they have more people that they're, they're accountable for. And they're saying, well, listen, if I'm going to have 800,000 or a million people calling me up and say, hey, what are you doing? I want to be able to have the power to back it up. Other pro- other governments try to respect that democratic institution, that democratic ideal. Not perfectly, but they, I think they try to. The problem with this government is that it views democracy as a barrier to getting its way. Like The, the fact that Hamilton... Hamilton democratically made a decision, you, they may not like it. Uh, we can say it's a bad decision. Fair enough. However, it was democratically made. And this this provincial government is saying, 
we don't like it. We're overturning it. We're we're just we're gonna we're your your opinion does not matter. And I think I'm gonna close off this section by saying to our listeners, you should be very upset and very scared of what this government is going to do if they're going to turn willing to overturn a democratic decision just on a whim because they didn't get the answer that they wanted. Okay, and welcome back to part two of the uh, of the podcast. And, uh, well, let's talk about some more development-related issues. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, we've already mentioned it uh, to a degree already, but the... And we, we've talked uh, in previous episodes about the Housing Affordability Task Force. We spoke to... Uh, um, the mayor of uh, Newmarket um, a couple of weeks ago about about uh, his take on the recommendations and, and, and both you and I and he both said about the kind of key central recommendation in, in that uh, affordability task force report that ain't getting to legislation anytime soon. Don't even worry about it. Um, it as, as stated, it would be problematic, although not it, – it's a, a very good principle – that was outlined in very basic, remind, uh, remind our listeners what the principle was. Yeah, the, the principle. Uh, so the so um, the the principle was to allow what's called gentle density or more <laughs> more gentle density in single family home neighborhoods, uh, and their recommendation was for as of right uh, was it four or eight story? I think it was four four story four stories uh, in all. Um, single family neighbor, single family home neighborhoods. Um, so across the province, complete. Um, you know that that would be as of right. So when something is when we say something is as of right within a municipality in terms of planning, it means that a builder uh, that if it goes if you put in a proposal to the city to build something and it's up to four stories, the city cannot say no. Uh, end of story. Um, there's no need for variances. There's no need for for anything. You've got it. It's going to be a yes. Um, so every single street that is currently single family homes. Now there is a lot of good within. You know that that is not. Don't want people thinking because you know we've, we've we've had some criticism for our kind of criticism of of this proposal. Um, I don't want people thinking that that gentle density is something we oppose. Absolutely not. Miss, missing middle housing, uh, gentle density. These are really important principles and they are principles that we should be adopting however this kind of flat across the board approach was just asking for trouble and a because no government's going to uh, implement it particularly in an election year so what do we have got in in the uh, bill 109 uh, which is uh, the uh, what are they calling it now the the let's build more houses everywhere act or something like that (laughs) pretty much Um, yeah (laughs) um, more housing for everyone act yeah uh, of course, that proposal is dead in the water, is not included. Um, what we have instead is um, measures that basically will see more and more stuff referred to the uh, OLT, um, which which they'll give the which the OLT will have the power basically to say yeah. no or so. It, so, it, so we'll, we'll, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, the the, the biggest drag on development in this province, the thing that stops everything for years on end. OLT appeals. That's what that's that's the delay in the system. Like uh, uh, something that goes through and is approved as of right can go through very quickly through the whole council process and get approval. Can be built. Doesn't take you know in the big scheme of things and government perspectives doesn't take that long. The minute it goes to OLT, now you're looking at years and years of backwards and forwards trying to get deals with the municipality. 
of the OLT finally making a decision, and the OLT is already overloaded. Um, so the, the yeah, I mean, the criticism that I would certainly have is like you know the minute when you're basically using the OLT as as the tool by which the municipalities get overruled at every stage. You're actually slowing things down, not speeding them up. If you're if you're looking at more affordable housing or more housing in general, what what, get, what gets me is that this act isn't so much going to. It seems to be saying, yeah, we're we're going to be we're going to be there's going to be fights because of this. Like it's not it's not about streamlining a way for development to or housing to be built. It's we're going to go pick a fight and we're just going to determine this is how the fight is going to be solved, right? We're going, we're just know it's all going to go to the OLT and the OLT will just say, okay, they're just going to rig it so that it goes in favor of a a developer because. I mean, there's things in here, you know, they had, the municipality only has 90 days uh, to decide and they start losing the, the fees and whatnot. The idea is um, let's just bombard the municipalities with planning proposal after planning proposal and not give people, and a city council will say, well, we want to do our due diligence, do a town hall with, so people can can chime in with what they think about a proposal. And it, can you do that in 90 days? Not really. I don't think you can't. You can't really have the proposal come in, really evaluate it. What house does this fit into our criteria? And a counselor says, "Well, I want to do a town hall to my constituents to see what they think about it. this." Doesn't work. It's basically less. You have ninety days to find any fault at all with it and send it back. And even so, okay, now we we dispute it. We're going to send it to OLT and have it have it bounce around. Like this is they know that they're going to be picking fights with municipalities. It, this is the pick. Pick more fights with municipalities. Act. It's what I think it is. And uh, I mean, I don't know sure if it picks fights or just just sidelines. Well, it's, even going, more. it's going to. I mean, think I mean, about I mean, it. How many? If I if I was a developer and I wanted, I want to build. Uh, uh, you know, I want I want to carve up Main Street. I want to build more high rise condos, or I want to I want to build more uh, more subdivisions. Yeah, I'm just going to put in my application. You have 90 days to refute it. If I have 20 20 applications in to a city. How how great how good of a job is the city going to be able to sit down and say let's look at these pl- these proposals? Oh, yeah, well, do they fit? Yeah. I mean, they couldn't they fit, before. Did, they couldn't before, and that's the, that's the thing. This government knows that they can't keep up with it. So if I was a developer, I'm just say, fuck it, I'm just going to throw I'll throw as many applications as I can into a city office. They have 90 days to refute it. Are they going to find the most the the most logical? Maybe they catch one or two that actually say, hey, this we actually have a problem here. My bet is most of them are going to say we don't have we can't keep up. And that's just one developer talking. Forget the, all the other developers who are doing the same thing, buying up land and, and sending in proposals to to develop it. Yeah, I mean, to, to do the job that they're meant to do in, in municipal planning offices, uh, they, you know, you'd be looking at a significant tax increase just to pl- right. pay for the number of, of, of planners you need to hire to do the job and that that's, they're actually legislated to do, which and that's then gets overruled is, anyway. <laughs> well, that's what this government's all about. It's, it's something we've talked about. It's like clearly they're in the pocket of big development of the developers. They are that is their bread and butter in this uh, leading up to this election. They, they that's how they won the last election. And they, I think these developers are coming back saying, "Hey, we gave you Ontario. We are expecting big, big returns." The developing industry is coming in and saying, "Hey, we are going to." We want pressure to to get certain things. We want we want our plans to be the priority of the province, and they are now. Um, it, 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 what gets me is that this isn't a sustainable system. We're, we're going to create problems down the road because here's the thing: this government 
governments do not last forever. Um, this government will will eventually will be turfed out. Maybe not the next election, but eventually it will be. And my bet is a pro, a priority will be coming along to say, no, we're going to end this. We're going to reverse decisions. We're going to change the rules. We're going to make it more difficult to build. And uh, yeah, like maybe. and that, that's a, that's a, <laughs> but that's the thing because well that's the thing you 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 it, it's not about what's proper for the province, what's necessary. It's politically what's expedient. If you have developers coming in just building high rises or we're going to build a subdivision, we're going to plow this land, we're going to do that, 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 that. You're just going to tick off people. They mobilize, they elect a different government. That government says, well, I got elected because I had to make a promise saying I'm going to stop development or whatever. And we're right back where we started with this yin-yang, all or nothing. Well, that's what I was saying. I was trying to say, say the previous uh, part was that we – we need it. We need leaders who stop this all or nothing argument. We know we need more development. We're not debating that. The question is what kind of development. And right now, this act pretty much is saying no. And the attitude from the previous part of the story with Donna Skelly saying, "Hey, let's pay for the white belt," is we're not talking about redesigning our cities to look for the 21st century model, gentle density, uh, uh, more density, more people living together. It's it's easier for developers to just build uh, sprawl. Let's give them sprawl. Let's not actually innovate and create new cities. It's just let's go with the cookie cutter approach we did in the past because that was easiest and we know how to push that forward. We don't have leadership coming in saying we need we need a compromise. We, we have the, the people who are anti-high rise, okay, and the pro-developers say you got you got to give something here. You got you like you got to give something on both sides. If you want to move forward at all, and right now we're not—I don't see that we're having this. The debate right now in this province is all or nothing. It's we need set, detached, single detached family homes or nothing. That's it. There's nothing else on the table that we can say. I'm okay with that. Maybe take a little bit of that, throw that in. It's either we have single family homes or thirty story condo towers. That's it. There is no room for a middle ground right now in this province, and that's going to lead us into a problem. Yeah, and I always come back to the, the democratic side. The, you know, if, if we believe in democracy, I remember saying this when I four years ago when I, at a council meeting. If you believe in democracy as a society, we need to trust it um, at, to make the decisions to make the right decisions because that's basically democracy is that. It's we say on the whole, the population, the people, will ultimately make the right decision, um, and. You know what? They won't always, but but in the generality, they will move in the right direction. And we we just don't um, we don't do that when it comes to municipal government in this province. And I just want I mean we're we're running kind of short on time, but I mean I just want to um, you know address uh, uh, some of the comments that have been made by by the different party leaders on this because I think it's interesting what what they said. Um, so uh, Stephen Del Duca. You know, predictably, the, the party leaders criticised the bill because, of course, they will, um, and, and so they should. You know, I'm not having to go at that. Uh, Del Duca said Ford has only made the problem worse, and I'm quoting here from the article in the Star from last week. Uh, problem worse because there's nothing for first-time home buyers, no rent control, and no zoning reforms. Now, zoning reforms, yeah, interesting, and that covers an awful lot of ground. Those two words, first-time home buyers, and no rent control. Those are not things that are going to solve an affordability crisis. Those are things directed at trying to win voters. Um, you know, first-time homebuyers, yeah, of course, no one can afford 
especially young people can't afford to buy. But you know, if if you're talking about kind of throwing money at first-time homebuyers, that's not going to solve anything. Rent control has for decades depressed any interest in building rental accommodation. So I don't see how that is a fix for anything. And in any case, we still have rent control. Um, and then we've got Horvath saying, uh, what was her criticism? Uh, basically blaming everybody from overseas for speculating in property. Well, yeah, that is a problem. It's not the problem. Uh, and then actually Mike Moffat makes, uh, I mean, I should also mention uh, Mike Schreiner was critical. Um, he's more general, just as poorly built amateur plan. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> uh, it doesn't really give any alternative um, proposal. And these are very short quotes, so I'm not being entirely fair. But I think it's interesting that you know when you're, when you're going for sound bites, what do they reach for? Well, they don't reach for... We need to uh, we need to honor local democracy, uh, or, or we need to uh, uh, build massive government supported affordable housing uh, uh, projects. Um, they go for rent control and overseas buyers. And and Mike Moffat, who we've had on the uh, uh, podcast twice over the months, makes a really good point, um, which is. Real estate, real estate prices are going up virtually all across the Western world. You can't tell me, this is a quote, you can't tell me that every country and region has issues with supply, he said. And of course, this is the conservatives. Therefore, everything they do is about supply side, about the private sector providing. And yeah, he's right. This is a problem across the Western world. It can't be just about, it can't be about Ontario municipalities when it's the same problem in London, UK, or or Cleveland, or wherever. You know, um, it, it, it's something else. Um, we we sure it would be nice if someone you know acknowledged that we're part of a larger world and not just um, the, this kind of small parochial almost uh, that's, uh, place. That's where, it com- but that's where it comes down to how this government has approached. A lot of things. It it doesn't look these these things are very. This problem is very complex. You, I think, supply is part of it, but there are also other things of incentivizing rental more rental accommodations. There's incentivizing social housing uh, for for low income people. Like it, there's there is no one silver bullet to fix this problem. Is what my point is. is I'm trying to make a, uh, here, and coming back to the, the housing task force report you and I had a criticism of like there was no there's no broad section of housing like there's no center for rights uh, rent rights in in housing uh, coming in there's there's no social housing models that were being evaluated nothing nothing of that matter and it was just basically geared towards no we just need to build more housing we just need to build more more stuff that's it that, that will solve our problem I don't think it will because right now this Government isn't looking at building more housing; it's looking at building more single-family homes, which is a difference. Um, they the, to the argument of oh, the, this is what the market wants. No, this is what this is what the market is providing. In the, in our current market, you only have two options: a gigantic, sprawling, multi-million-dollar single-family home that is probably too big for most families, but that's you can get a lot of money on that, or a tiny, cramped couple made two-room, two-bedroom condo. Uh, in downtown Toronto, that those are really your two options. You don't. There's no middle. There's no plethora of market options to say. Well, this is what this is what my family needs right now. We'll buy here. We'll move. It just and it just kind of shows like the market does is not providing 
uh, a solutions right now. The, mar the market solutions are not going to fix this problem. We need a comprehensive rethink of how we build our cities, um, which I, I, and again, going back to Hamilton, Hamilton, I'll give it credit. They kind of started, or kind of walking down that path of, hey, we've got all these vacant lands, fake, derelict buildings, old, old parking lots in downtown Hamilton. Let's repurpose them into modern housing. And that takes time. That's the thing. It's like this, this is a project that does not happen overnight. You go, you can build a, a subdivision in a couple months and then sell them all off. But to go in and say, let's rebuild a lot of downtown into accessible, affordable units, that's that takes a little bit of time, a little bit of care, and a little bit of creativity. And I don't think the private I'll be honest, I don't think the private sector has the interest in in that that road. And in the Yeah, we can use an example from Burlington that that there are well, there's one. Uh, I won't mention the name. There's one big development in downtown Del uh, Burlington that is um, that was approved five, maybe getting on for six years ago. Um, the, currently, the foundations are in the ground. Um, I think it's not risen, risen above sort of ground level. I mean, foundations on the, these buildings are pretty deep, so uh, they take time. So that's six years. I mean, that's that's not um, that's not uh, the province. That's not the municipality. That the municipality lost its battle a long time ago, uh, and that develop the developers behind that uh, building have just told all the buyers who bought their properties, which were meant to be. Um, I remember were were, were kind of. Um, broadcast as being you know especially affordable um at something close to a million dollars um a few years ago they've all just been told that they need to cough up a whole bunch more money now because the prices have changed and interest rates have gone up and blah 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 um so you know far from having bought something as they thought they had they have actually not bought anything they've just put a deposit down on something <laughs> um and, and you know if I was one of those buyers, I'd be very annoyed right now. But I mean, the point I'm making here is that for all the stuff about you know the delays getting in the way, that's the developer who hasn't built the damn building. Um, mm -hmm. You know, uh, and I could point to multiple other examples of that where, where they take their sweet time after you know there's a building just cut. Well, new hotel, <laughs> the new hotel in uh, Burlington was approved in a different century. And it's only just been finished. We, um, let's let's face it. We don't. This this is about giving private sector what they want, which is the theme of this government. Um, I I don't know what the. I think the solution needs more inventive. Like this act is clearly geared towards just giving developers what they want to really solve the problem. We need more uh, more innovative and more thought thought provoking solutions, which this government does not seem to want to endeavor on. Um, and in the in the meantime, I think I don't. I also you're right. I don't think this is going to solve the problem. We're not going to we're not going to see housing prices stabilize. We're just going to see them go up um, because why not? What like why why would this why would dumping the development on on us? Well, there'll be another excuse to raise fees more. You know, it, it's it's uh, it's it's just it's a short sighted solution to a big, a much more complex uh, problem and. In the end, I think Ontarians and those that, uh, those of us in the 905 are, are going to be the ones bearing the the cost of that, which is a very sad state of affairs. And that's all I have to say on that. Well, that's probably a very good place to wrap it up for today. I will resist the temptation that I so often fall uh, foul of of 
of carrying on talking for another five minutes <laughs> <laughs> and let Joel have the final word. And uh, uh, thanks very much to everybody for listening to us today. We'll be back on Thursday with uh, with uh, uh, our regular interview. Uh, and uh, thanks once again for listening to the 905er podcast. <laughs> That's it for this episode of the 905er. Thank you for listening. As always, you can send us your feedback, thoughts, and concerns, or ideas for future episodes to our email, info at 905er.ca. We'd love to hear from you. You can help us keep the 905er going by financially supporting us through Patreon as well as PayPal. Visit us at 905er.ca and click on the support tab. As well, links are in the show notes for your convenience. Lastly, you can find us on social media. Search for the underscore 905er on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. So long for now. See you next time. to make the most out of this life and optimize your personal wellness then check out the natural man podcast join me host mike c as we explore all areas of human wellness physical mental and emotional learn strategies to optimize your own well-being and be in the driver's seat of your own health remember your doctor works for you learn biohacks neurohacks ways to improve sleep and ways to optimize your body and your mind. Check us out on Apple, Spotify, the Fountain app, and at naturalmanpodcast.com.